0: Hi, my name is Gabriella. And my name is Brandy. Welcome back. Oh, shit. back to the book asset podcast. Today we have a book called Never Let Me Go by Kazuo Ishiguro and let me tell you we Girl, googled this.
1: I almost said Philip Pullman.
0: <laughs> You're like traumatized from the last book. I sure am. Um so this book is from 2005 and I think we can say that the novel was named the best novel of the year by time. I think it was the same year, 2005. In 2017, he received the Nobel Prize for Literature. And in 2019, he received Knighthood for Service of Literature.
1: Girl, I didn't know that.
0: Yes, you Google everything. (laughs)
1: well shit i guess so his
0: when you google his name is sir kazuo ishiguro i love that when you look
1: up a british actor you're watching tv and you're like oh let me see what this bitch has done before and then you're like oh excuse me sir blah blah blah
0: so yeah so it's sir kazuo and then it has a bunch of um initials so yeah uh, like three of them, like no more than three. Uh, a yeah, lot of I think them.
1: they all like they follow the same thing. Like if you get a knighthood, you get initials. Yeah, so
0: he's very good. Like
1: hey, you get like when you uh make communion, <laughs> what? And you pick another middle name.
0: Oh, I think that's supposed to happen, but I did my communion and I didn't do that.
1: Not communion, confirmation. confirmation. Oh, I didn't do a confirmation. Me neither, girl. It was getting in the way. We're of sinners. Mattress. And I needed to get to Chilean practice, like that was way <laughs> that more, more important.
0: important. Yes, yeah. no, I did it because I was into a like, Catholic school. No, I didn't do. It. I'm lying. I only did comf- uh, communion. You went to Catholic school. Yes. When? When I was in Venezuela.
1: Shit, girl. Yeah. Well then, <laughs> did you have prayer class?
0: Uh, we have religion class, and we have masses like almost every day.
1: Did you ever talk to Caroline about that?
0: No. Why her?
1: Because she used to talk about religion class all the time. No. She'd be like, I'm the only girl of color in my class.
0: Oh, and you know in that class, they traumatized me one time because they made us watch this movie about the the Holocaust called Life is Beautiful. Okay. Have you watched that movie? No. That movie is so fucking sad. I didn't want to say that word, but it is so sad. What word? Fucking or sad? Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) fucking.
1: Well, it will be sad. It's
0: very sad. I think a lot of people, I'm surprised that you haven't. Are you? Yes, because I think everybody knows about this movie. I've heard of it. It's good. Well, you just told me it's not, so. (laughs) It's like a good movie, but it's sad. I'm not
1: ready for that.
0: No, you should watch it. And you will cry, but that's good. It's good of to cry sometimes. I, sometime. cry. I yeah. cried
1: in Big Hero 6.
0: So you want me to tell you what it is about? Yeah. So it's like this family, of course, they're Jewish, and they go into the camp. So they get separated, and the dad goes with the son. So the dad, he's tried to comfort his son, so he makes being in the camp like a game. Okay. Until the end. Oh, shit. And then, But actually, they get out, but one of them doesn't who the dad oh and they show how they killed the dad and the kid like it still doesn't get it
1: oh my god
0: yeah but it's nice it's a it's a well-made movie it's very famous i think they wore something they won something for sure that's like the boy in the striped pajamas <gasps> yes oh well the boy in the striped pajamas is very slow but this one is more like yeah it's a little bit more darker well. Is dark
1: too. I remember watching it. I didn't even know it had to do with the Holocaust. I was just thinking, oh, okay. everybody's watching this movie, so I should watch it. I'm bored at home one day, and I regretted that so <laughs> hard. I
0: didn't get it into the like the end. Like actually, when it was happening, the scene. I'm like, what? No, no, no. Like I didn't. It was very surprising in the end.
1: I ugly sobbed. By the way, hi mom. And hi to all of Gabriella's family members that chose to listen to us. And also, apparently, hi,
0: Auntie Kim. Okay, we can start the story now. So, the story is uh, narrated by Kathy, and she's one of the main characters of the book. She's been a caretaker for 11 years, and she's from one of the houses called Hazel Sham. Mm mm. Mm mm. What? It's ha- Hailsham. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, you said Hazelsham.
0: Yes, it's Hailsham. Oh, really? And she is reminiscing in her life there, on her life there. So she starts thinking about her memories about Tommy. Tommy is the also one of the main characters. And how when he was a boy, he used to lose his temper very frequently due to other students bullying him. By this time, they, well, with the memory that she's thinking of, they are 11 years old. Um, And Tommy used to be bullied because he wasn't a creative person. And apparently being a creative person was very important in the school because they needed to create good art. They had something called exchange sales. And this is where the students sold their art to each other and they received tokens. And they will use this Tokens in sales, in in these sales, they would get toys, like books, everything from the outside. Junk. It was yeah, it was mostly like trash, basically, and like all toys,
1: all trash, but like antiques, etc., like fucking stupid shit, like yeah, shoes, it w- t-shirts,
0: very old stuff. <laughs> Those
1: jerseys he used to wear in middle school. Oh my god, oh my with god, the dress jerseys. Oh. Please bring those back.
0: (laughs) No, don't, no.
1: Whatever, chokers came back, dressers came back. Oh my God.
0: Yeah, very 90s now. So the students were judged um, on their art, and they also did it to themselves. Like the students themselves judge. for example, if somebody wasn't creative, like Tommy, it was something like kind of bad, and they will be bullied by it. And by this time in the book, they don't tell you why, And I was getting very frustrated because I'm like, what is the importance of this art?
1: I would not flourish. That's for
0: damn sure.
1: (laughs) Well, me either. I am not artistic. I will be
0: put outside (laughs) for the rest of the year. People think
1: I'm artistic because I can crochet like a motherfucker. But let me tell you, I'm following a pattern that some other badass bitch created.
0: No, I'm I'm not good at all. So Tommy, he was being bullied because his joints were very childlike. And so a lot of the students were thinking there was something wrong with him. And not something wrong with him, like, oh, he doesn't have this skill. They were thinking that it was something mentally wrong with him.
1: Which is crazy. And
0: also, he was losing his temper. So he's like, oh, now he's crazy, crazy. Yeah. So it was bad. So then Kathy noticed that he changed, that he wasn't reacting to the provocations anymore. So she wanted to find out what made him change. So Kathy and Tommy had a talk about Miss Lucy. And Miss Lucy is one of the teachers. And in the book, they're called The Guardians. And she wanted to know what Miss Lucy said to him. What made him change his behavior? So Miss Lucy told Tommy that it wasn't important to be creative, that he didn't have to worry about it, that he didn't have to make a huge effort because apparently this was being being very frustrating for him so they made them questions what was the point of the exchanges why that needed to be done and they were asking why this woman she's called madam and madam is like basically like the principal of the school she's the one in charge oh she's not it's miss emily (laughs)
1: I was was just shaking my head no at Gabriella like oh no no no
0: wrong girl (laughs) yeah it's Miss Emily so okay so they wanted to know why madam she will come like here and there and come and take the R. oh madam was getting it in with it Miss Emily right oh oh I didn't think of that
1: what yeah no they were definitely a lesbian couple
0: oh that makes sense
1: yes girl they were like hippies and true love and etc
0: okay that Hippies make,
1: had orgies, right?
0: I think everybody can have orgies,
1: but like I think it was a prominent thing. Like they were living in these this communes is, and getting in. Well, and
0: this is supposed to be the seventies, like early eighties.
1: Well, like when this stuff was on the rise. Okay. Because it was the end of the war, which was like the fifties.
0: Yes, well, like the forties, fifties, Well, when they were kids. This is what I'm talking right now. They're in the eighties. They're in the nineties. No, the nineties when they're older. Girl, what? Whatever. <laughs> so the girls, on uh, in the um in the school, I just keep going back and forth between house and school because it's the same thing in the book is just house, but it's school.
1: Yeah, call it both.
0: Okay, I'm gonna call it house in school. It, I'm referring to Helsham. Right. Okay. So they plan a prank to see if Madame will be afraid of them. The prank was that they were gonna walk towards her as she is coming into the building in like a mob-like way and kind of brush her, like, to see her reaction. And her reaction was what they, they expected. Madame was scared of them, what they were, where they came from, and why they existed. After that moment, they all felt like, Everything changed for them. It was like a mirror showing them their true selves.
1: So at this point, when I was reading it for the first time, I remember thinking that this novel was going to turn into like a crazy dystopian novel where the outside world was in shambles and these kids were some kind of cure, like in uh, Divergent.
0: I knew it was something like that, but I couldn't
1: I fucking hated that. I thought that's what this was going to turn into. Oh,
0: okay no by this time when i was reading i was very annoyed by her memories because her memories were like the first three chapters and nothing happened i'm like why do we need to know about her your memories childhood?
1: were most of the chapters
0: but at the beginning i'm reading and i'm like i don't even know who you are <laughs> you yeah need to, and you're telling
1: me about your childhood you
0: need to introduce yourself and then at the end
1: like what do you do for a living
0: well not at the end like the, the chapter where she talks about the prank and then she says who they are. I'm like, who are they? I was lost. I did not think of any crazy dystopian novel. Well, I just didn't know. I'm like, what is Guardians? Why is Ailsham? What is Students? What students? Why are they studying?
1: Well, I read I a lost. lot of novels where you need to just have a grain of salt when you go into <laughs> it because, honey,
0: they cool. don't explain anything. Like, if you're reading the book without even doing the minimal research, you will be like lost. Even though I read this book, and watched the movie, I thought you didn't read. The book. No, I didn't read the book. I watched the movie. I already knew what it was about, You're but like, I was like lost.
1: I've just watched so. I've read so many books. I've watched so many books too, <laughs> girl. You don't even know.
0: Yes. So I, I was annoyed by her memories, and I was kind of lost. Yeah,
1: I I gotta agree.
0: I think, and I was a lot that happened a lot of the chapters because it's like you said, I think you read this book and you have to make on your own conclusions. Yeah. It's very open.
1: Yeah. Like the whole time you are just kind of stringing along. Yes. Like I, I kind of ad- like people must understand that they're clones and they're making donations, but to what extent and why the fuck are they here in this weird institution?
0: Are you falling asleep? No. Okay. Your eyes are very sleepy really mm-hmm. okay should i continue with this story yeah okay so then kathy remembers how she met ruth i hate ruth i just wanted to say that before i continue me too Um. Uh, she was given a lot of insight of their friendship there's a lot of memories and i'm like i'm not telling people this they can read the book because there's too much and it's annoying so to summarize ruth was very rude and mean towards Kathy, but most of the time, Kathy kind of made excuses for her and cover for her, And, and every time Kathy came to Ruth about any like, mostly to vent or to tell her feelings or something, Ruth just brushed her off and just walked off like she didn't care.
1: She was a bad friend.
0: She was. But then when I was reading I'm like, why do I hate Ruth, she's eleven years old. She's a kid. <laughs> right? And I think I think in my notes I wrote that they that they have a toxic friendship.
1: <laughs> those eleven year olds, those three teens, <laughs> they've got such a toxic friendship. And
0: then in her memories I see that there's only them. So Kathy really only have Ruth. But there's other girls, but I think she clicked she didn't even click with Ruth. I don't know why Kathy Maybe wanted to be with Ruth. We they were
1: about four years old and we just missed the magic.
0: And then she just clink to Ruth and that's it. But then she's not a good friend.
1: Maybe the other girls had Cyclops eyes or something. And she was like, I'm not here for that. What is that? I, when you have one eye in your, the middle of your <laughs> forehead. Like Mike Wazowski in Monsters, Inc.
0: No, okay.
1: You don't know, like Mike Wazowski?
0: I don't even know who that is. In Monsters Inc.,
1: you never watch Monsters? Oh Inc? yes. Yeah. Yeah. The he has. guy.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's just an eyeball. No, I
0: don't know how they are friends. Okay. Should I continue?
1: Yeah.
0: So then Kathy talks about a tape that she found in one of the cells. Like I said before, when they buy their stuff from outside. <laughs> and she says that when made her buy the the cassette tape because they have a cassette <laughs> they don't have cds go i had the backstreet boys cassette tape and
1: the end It's <laughs> <Okay. is> fantastic <laughs> but i wasn't in cinco holler
0: okay so what she said that she liked about the tape it was that it was a cigarette in the cover and at the school this was a very like bad it was like a no-no you don't even think about smoking because you need to take care of your body they are shown like pictures what happened to your lungs and blah 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 but at the same time the tape became special to her because of one son that it was called never let me go um so their song says never let me go and it says something i don't remember and it says baby and it says baby never let me go so she created a story. Necessary? Yes, because that's what I'm going to say. Yes, it says baby. There's a reason why she yeah, created. Okay. Yeah. I'm very annoyed about your interruptions. Whatever. So she created a story in her mind about a mother being told that she couldn't have babies. And then by miracle, she has one. And now she's holding to it very tight to not let go because she's afraid that something bad might happen. So then after that she remembers a time when she was listening to the tape by herself in one in her room and she was dancing, rocking back and forth, holding a baby. So Madame is behind her staring. And then when she turns, she just became paralyzed, just seeing Madame because Madam is crying. And then Madam doesn't say anything to her and Cassie doesn't either. And then Madame just walks away crying. And Kathy was very confused by her reaction because Kathy knew that she will never be able to have babies because when they were very young, they're told that they can have babies. So later on, Kathy loses the tape and then Ruth, like a good friend, tries to find the tape, but she never dies. So at the end, she just gives her another tape that she can find. And this tape given by Ruth becomes very precious after she dies. Ruth dies.
1: Spoiler alert.
0: Yes. So when Kathy said that they couldn't have babies, so I was like, are they like modified genetically that they can have babies? Like sometimes they sound so naive and I'm like, do you guys go outside? And I think as the chapters go on, you can kind of tell that they have no contact with the outside world at all. So I think while you read you also have to keep in mind that they don't know anything other than what they're being told by the guardians. And I was asking why they couldn't go outside. What was the reason? What was the purpose? But you find that answer later on.
1: So when they were going on and on about these possessions that they get from the sales, I was thinking that maybe these possessions that the kids collect are supposed to be a stand-in or sentiments that replace parents because... They make mm. a point of explaining how precious they are and how they put you in good standing. Like when Ruth has that pencil case and everybody's so impressed, they think it comes from the teacher. I just said they thinks whatever (laughs) they think it came from a teacher and oh my goodness she's so popularized by this stupid pencil case Mm -hmm. and i just thought it was so sad that these random ass secondhand possessions that they get from these sales are what stand in for loving parents
0: oh that's true it's that sad that's really sad. That's a, yeah, that's a really sad way. Maybe because I was very annoyed by this time. I'm like, no, I'm not yeah. sad at all about you guys. You guys are so <laughs> annoying. I was too annoyed to be angry, like sad right now. <laughs> so now they are 13. And Kathy is more interested about Lucy, Miss Lucy. The things she says, the way she's acting, the way she's looking at them, where they're like, just hanging around. While the students, they were all hanging out in, like, a pavilion because they're very fancy and they hang out in pavilions.
1: (laughs) I think that's their word for gym, no?
0: I don't know. They have a lot of pavilions. Like, this book is very English, so they have pavilions.
1: Not sports gyms. (laughs) No. Auditoriums.
0: (laughs) No, they didn't have that at all. All right. And so all these students are talking about their future and that one wants to be a musician, an actor, and all of that. And Miss Lucy got very agitated and she was like, okay, I'm going to tell you the truth. And she was like, listen up. You guys have no future. Well, you guys have a future, but it's already set. You guys, Your lives are already made out. Like You have your life made out for you and your futures are set and you guys were created to donate your vital organs and you should keep that in mind in mind so you have a decent life and she realizes Kathy that after they were told this a lot of people changed the notion when thinking about donations it became like a darker subject even though they always knew by the time they were seven between seven and five and she discusses with Tommy how they were always told about the donations but they were really not really told about the process so basically the entire time they were kept in the dark
1: i love the way they explained it like they thought they were just gonna go somewhere and they would unzip their body pull out what they needed and then <laughs> zip it back zip up it back and they could go back to the grocery store to bag groceries or whatever the fuck they wanted to do when they were older yeah and that was cute
0: so Ruth, or not cute whatever <laughs> okay so ruth and tommy they start dating and oh they've been dating for a while i don't know for how long when you're dating at 13 i don't know what a while yeah when
1: you're dating at 13 who gives a fuck how long
0: (laughs) so they break up and of course ruth is like kathy you need to help me because she realizes and she knows that Kathy and Tommy have a really good friendship. They are really good communicating because a lot of the, the memories that Kathy has with Tommy when they're school, they have a lot of talking and they have like deep, deep conversations. And she with the conversation that she has with Ruth, she doesn't talk about them. She just says that she does have them, but not as with Tommy. And Ruth is like, you are better with him, so he will listen to you. So Kathy tries to go find Tommy to be like, oh, yeah, you need to go back with Ruth because she's vicious annoying. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) So she finds Tommy and she... You're not kidding. I don't like Ruth at all. This is like you hating Mrs. Coulter. Exactly. Yeah. So Kathy forgets that she's supposed to um, talk to Tommy about going back with... um, Ruth Ruth, but then you just started uh, talking about Miss Lucy instead and Tommy tells Kathy that Miss Lucy had a conversation with Tommy regretting telling Tommy that the art wasn't important because it was evidence in quotes because I don't know we don't know the meaning of the evidence but nothing more than that Uh, in the book they don't tell you yet what evidence means but you'll find out
1: oh I forgot
0: yes that's I don't know why what I, evidence means. That's why I put it <laughs> I, that's why I put it in quotes. I'm like this is important at the end. So uh, after this conversation that Tommy had with Miss Lucy, that apparently Miss Lucy was losing it, she leaves the school. And at the end of this chapter, Tommy and Ruth get back together without Kathy's help. <laughs> now they're 18. They graduated the house, the school. <laughs> so they yeah, artwork was
1: evolved
0: yeah so they leave the school of Hellsham and they move to the cottages and that's the name that they give to a farm that is in ruins it's not a nice place at all they're cold all the time they were like hey we need heat and the guy's like maybe (laughs) (laughs) you guys are close you don't need heat (laughs)
1: oh my god can you imagine and they didn't even realize how fucked up that was yes
0: because they're like so
1: they didn't even realize how bad the community viewed them yes they have an idea oh you're just clones you don't need heat but then at the same time you can't do I'm I'm not a smoker but I guess people that smoke would have considered it fun like you can't do these like recreational activities other people did Mm -hmm. because you're clones your bodies need to be perfect but you don't need fucking heat
0: yes okay she gave real face. <laughs> so, this is the first time that they live with other students from other houses. And when they move into this farm, there are students that have been, that have been there for a while. And they also, students that are single, some of them are couples. So, Ruth and Tommy came together here as a couple. Um, and then Kathy notices that a lot of them copy their behavior from TV. Because they really know, don't know the social norms, like what you do when you are around other people. So they basically just copy whatever's on TV, that the, the slangs, the movement, like patting people, like yeah, just
1: like all oh, of their pop culture. Even like the
0: flirting way, yeah. kind of they just do it from TV, which is weird because TV is like not really reality. Extra,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: so this Although,
1: is if they grew up in this age with reality TV. Maybe it would have been more on point, but yes, they true did
0: not. so they i uh, they she talks about like other students going out of the cottages in the farm they like to drive some of them. I think by now you can start driving, but she notices that the people that came with her from Hailsham they usually just stay around and just walk around. they do a lot of walking in the woods. I don't know who does that, maybe just English people, but. <laughs> You might die. She was like, "Oh, let me go to the woods and have mosquitoes around while I read."
1: Be my own path.
0: (laughs) That's not very fun. So, so she noticed that Ruth is doing the same thing that the other couples are doing, and then she starts copying her behavior with Tommy. And she goes to him, to her, to Ruth, and she's like, "Kathy, that's not true. You you shouldn't be copying." And Ruth just gets mad, like always. So later on, Ruth comes to Kathy to tell her that there's a couple that after coming back from a trip, say that they saw Ruth possible. So possibles are their original, meaning that the possibles are the person that they were cloned from. And so they all decide. (laughs) Okay. I got too excited with my hands. (laughs) The three of them go to Norfolk, and with a couple too, so it's like five people going in a trip. Uh, so I wanted to say that Norfolk is a place that they were told during their time in Hailsham that is a place of no importance. There's nothing interesting there. They just have everything that is lost. It goes there. That's it.
1: Like a big old lost and found. Yeah, they.
0: Even when they go through the map, they're like, oh, Norfolk, okay, whatever. It's
1: just over there.
0: But then it becomes something special to them. So while they're in, in Norfolk, this couple ask Tommy, Ruth, and Kathy about the deferral. That if you could show that you were in love, like really in love, you can apply to a defer not at defer, to defer your donation for three years. And Kathy, Ruth, and Tommy had no idea what they were talking about. And apparently it was a rumor that came from the Hailsham school because apparently this school, it was very special. special. They were treated very well. And so people thought they had privileges. Privileges, yeah. And they really had no idea. They never heard about it.
1: But didn't Ruth pretend she
0: did? Yeah, okay, yeah Ruth pretends because she's pretending all the time. I like, yeah. think Ruth all is the kind of person that she always wants to fit, which yeah. I also get. Because my thing with Ruth is like, at the same time, as sad. I don't understand, like, she has no. The, she doesn't I think she has not have the same mental strength that Tommy and Kathy I don't think she accepts not at all. she well but at the same time I don't think it's bad because she doesn't accept that she's a clone that she has to donate like why she's a human like in the point of the book exactly. is that they are humans I think
1: she has her strengths and that they have their strengths and I think that three of them just don't mesh no but they are who they are. They are friends. I mean, think about how many friends you have that you don't really mesh. But it's just ingrained in your friends. Yes.
0: So maybe I don't. I don't hate you that much. I do. Well, I do. But at the same time, I understand. Oh, okay. I understand you, but you're not gonna be my friend. That's it. <laughs> We're friends. <laughs> but I don't hate you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <He's-> <laughs>
1: I'm very grateful for that. Thank you.
0: <laughs> so, after that, they, that awkward moment, uh, they all go to find Ruth possible. And they eventually they do. They find the woman in an office, which was very special for Ruth because she, every time she talked about her future, she said that she imagined herself working in an office. And. Wait, even though they already told her that she couldn't? Yeah, she they. Just
1: saying this is my fantasy. Yeah, yeah, that's what oh, okay. they call it.
0: Like I think they call it that, that like the fantasies. I oh, think okay. they can have it. Like who that who what human doesn't have fantasies? Oh yeah, for sure. So yeah. Which only proves that they're
1: more human. Yeah, than people exactly. Make them out to be.
0: But then they also realize that the possible didn't look like her at all. So that makes Ruth very, very, very mad. Like so of course she has to throw it, her anger at somebody and it has to be uh Ruth and Tommy. And she just goes off and saying that she will never find her possible because they are cloned from people that are basically society trash, like prostitute addicts, and they only needed to be not psychos or like mentally ill. So after this, Tommy and Kathy, they just split from the group and they walk around. So while they're walking around... Tommy was like, let's just, let's go find your cassette tape. Because like I said at the beginning, like not at the beginning, just now in Norfolk, you might find anything that you lost. So while they're looking for the tape, they had a very romantic bonding moment. And Kathy wanted to be kissed. But Tommy, because stupid, he didn't. <laughs> 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 He's 18. And let me tell you the entire time, I'm like, why well i'm not gonna say this i'm gonna wait until the end because i have stuff to say about Tommy. the whole
1: time i really wanted to throttle tommy because he was just too he's stupid fucking annoying like get it like how
0: dumb you have to be how
1: hard does somebody have to throw themselves at you yes
0: but maybe he was just being loyal to ruth why he didn't like ruth either he was like oh i guess i go there yeah
1: but he knows that he's bonded to her in their relationship
0: or whatever the fuck. Well I think it. the way they see it is like if you be- become a couple when you're 13 you need to be with a person to the end of your yeah, donations. Yeah like marriage. Yes I think that's how it works well, in their life. Well I don't think that's how
1: they see it because Ruth was just sleeping with any Tom Dick and Harry while they were at the cottage. Who's Ruth? She's like I want to get it in. Not Ruth. Um, Kathy. Kathy. Yeah. She just wanted to fuck everybody. True. And she was like well if I want to fuck everybody I'm going to fuck everybody because why not we're all going to die anyways.
0: Sure, sure, sure. A lot of people may have done that. She in the probably pandemic. wore black <laughs> lipstick too. <laughs> okay, and then Tommy tells Kathy that he was thinking about the couples to feral and that they are might be the evidence that the couples would need to show their love, which made Tommy worry because he never got any drawings in the gallery because remember, he sucked. And then he was hey, like... Don't <know."> How I feel bad that he sucked, like he was bullying.
1: <laughs> because remember, he sucked.
0: <laughs> okay, and then wor- that made Tommy also feel bad because, of course, Ruth is going to be upset about it. One night, Kathy and Ruth are having like a girl night and Ruth sees the tape. Bad girl night. Let's do a bad girl night. <laughs> because but uh, nobody told Kathy, I mean, nobody told Ruth about the tape at all. Like she, what she knew is like it disappeared. It got lost. And then at first, Ruth seemed to be fine with it. Kathy told her everything. She didn't lie to her. She told her that Tommy gave it to her. So she was fine with it. But later on, of course, she spit out her venom <laughs> and she created a separation between Kathy and Tommy by telling Tommy his that his theory of the R being evidence for the referral was ridiculous and that Kathy and her were laughing about his joints, which is by big thing, because going back to his bully traumas, like then you have two women that you care about laughing about them. So Tommy looks at Kathy expecting a reaction from her, at least to say something. And she doesn't because in that moment, she was so disturbed by what Ruth just did that she doesn't and she just walk away and just leave them there without explaining herself. After that incident, they all become distant. They still talk but they're not um as close as they were after, before this happened. And so Ruth we're, like one time, just very weird said that Tommy even though she loved Kathy, she never saw her as a girlfriend. It's just like pushing in the knife.
1: I just wanted to let you know um, I understand that you think there was something there, but I'm just gonna hammer it the fuck in and let you know that he never thought of you that way.
0: That's like insecurity. And I bet
1: you, Kathy, was thinking about that while he was hammering it in later on.
0: <laughs> I should have- I'm sick. I think she said that out of like desperation of insecurity because oh, maybe sure. Tommy after that was like very upset and like they know each other like so well.
1: I bet you they weren't having sex at all.
0: No, in the movie they were. Really? <laughs> but then I think in the movie they show Tommy like not very interested okay, and I that think that's
1: because they are teenagers, Brandy. They're not 30.
0: Yeah, they're not as <laughs> They don't know how to say no. <laughs> So after that, um, Kathy was very upset about it, and she decides to leave the cottage and become a caretaker. So she wants to start her training. <clears throat> so seven years has passed, and Kathy talks about how difficult it is to be a caretaker. And when I say caretaker, it means that they she takes care of the clones that are donating. She helps them before surgery, during surgery, and after surgery. Like emotional stuff, like paperwork, all of that. Like a social worker, basically.
1: Can you say social worker again?
0: Social worker. That's too many R's for me.
1: There's like two.
0: (laughs) They're too close together. Well,
1: I can pronounce exactly zero Spanish R's. Okay. So there
0: you go. So one time she's just walking around (laughs) randomly. (laughs)
1: i think she does a lot of that in her old age of 31
0: yeah when she's talking about her marriage she just like talks about like she's always running around driving like basically she has no life because that's her life right now she's like her taker
1: and it's more than one at once right like it's more than one per one donating clones so she's all over the country back and forth taking care of multiple uh, donate like essentially several clones at once
0: yes well, she's saying that how she's keeping up good. She's not having a hard time as other caretakers are. For example, when she finds this friend, she's telling this friend, I think her name was Laura, tells her that she was having a hard time with one of her donors. And she brings up Ruth because they, after she left to, be, to do the training, she never spoke to Tommy and Ruth. So she tells her that Ruth is now a donor, and she had two operation, and she wasn't doing good, and that she also was having problem with her caretakers, and she also yeah, she's a bitch. Yes. So she also finds out that Hailshan was closed, so she goes and see finds Ruth, and she becomes Ruth caretaker. At the beginning, it was weird because I think how they left things when they were eighteen, they kept avoiding what happened in the cottages. So I think they just tried to like just like just continue the relationship. Yeah, but they like actually off,
1: nothing happened. But it
0: was clearly like like the elephant in the room. Right. Yeah. So they eventually they talk about Tommy and I and Kathy says that the, the dissipated the awkwardness between them. Right. One afternoon, Ruth starts talking about a fishing boat in the marshes, and Kathy says that she knows about it and that if she wants to go, they will take Tommy. So they go for the trip, they go to pick up Tommy from his center. And when they get there, like at the entrance of the center, Ruth gets very nervous and she decides to stay in the car. But Kathy just, like, runs and hugs them. And I think Kathy realizes that they were hugging for too long, that they felt, like, Ruth's eyes in their backs. that she kind of lets Tommy get in the car, and they can have their moment, moment after not seeing each other for so long. So while they're walking towards the boat, uh, they notice that Kathy, she's very fragile, and it's they rough. have to help her walk. Um, yeah. I say Kathy because I read Kathy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah. Oh, so Kathy's fragile
0: in her own way. Yeah. <laughs> really? Okay. No. Um, so Ruth <laughs> Okay. So the Tommy and Kathy, they help Ruth because she's very fragile um, to walk. So they get to the bowl and then like, okay, this is cute, blah blah blah. They don't take pictures because they don't have phones. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have phones. <laughs> So they also talk about H.L. Ham closing and they become very nostalgic because at the same time, that's where like they grew up. That's their childhood. That's all their memories, like their Mm -hmm. houses. Yeah. And they were talking about other friends that they had that they didn't do good after the operations. And so I think Ruth, I think (laughs) Ruth does talk about one of the friends that she had at the cottages. One of my friends completed after her second donation. I hate that word. That word is, is like after that I think that's the first time they say it. Oh I think that's the first time I have it in my notes. But I'm like completed. I'm like completed the donation, so completed what? <laughs> so completed basically means that they die. In their language, they don't say die at all because I don't think because they're also not seeing us humans, they don't die, they complete their mission, I guess. I don't know. It's very yeah. technical. If
1: they say die, it makes these clones too human for them to accept the fact of what they're doing. It's wrong. Yeah.
0: Yes, yeah, they, they don't even give them the slightest like, hint of being human.
1: Yeah, you can't have the same verbs as us because you are not on our level.
0: Yes. So Tommy and Ruth, they and Kathy, like three of them, they start to have disagreement of what it is to be a donor and what it is to be a caretaker, because remember Kathy is not a donor yet, and Kathy only knows basically what she sees. She really is not there a hundred percent to see what donors go through all the time. She doesn't live in
2: their culture.
0: And, like, how they cling to life because they want to give as much donations as they can. They don't want to die as the first one. They want to have three, four donations. Which
1: honestly blew my mind. Because exactly. if it were me, I'd be like, boy, put me to bed. Take everything out of me now. I do not want to live through all of this recovery. Yes. Their entire life is prep and recovery. You've got to be kidding me. Yes. And they want to be like, yes, I was tough. I toughed it out. I made four donations and I barely had kidney failure. Like. Bitch, no.
0: Yeah, they see like the second donation, like, oh wow, you're giving. And I'm like, well, if you took your liver, you might not make the second <laughs> I know. donation. Like, well, what
1: was your second donation? Along?
0: <laughs> she completed. I'm like, of course, you took the whole thing out. Yeah. <laughs> so after all the disagreement and stuff, because Ruth like went back to high school and started doing super shit, so they come down. Ruth becomes very. I don't know. She, she. I thought
1: you meant literally went back to high school for a second. And <laughs> I thought I missed a chapter.
0: No, they had like a very... <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, I know what you mean. So Ruth says she had a confession for Tommy and Kathy. She confessed that she always knew there shouldn't be a couple and that she kept them apart on purpose and that she asked Kathy for forgiveness. And I was like, bitch, no.
2: Shade.
0: And then I think Mm -hmm. Kathy just starts crying. I think she just cried because she's like, bitch, like, how old are you? (laughs) Like, of course, you want forgiveness because you're dying and Mm -hmm. you want redemption. Mm -hmm. So, no, you're going to suffer until the end. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Kathy. (laughs) Bruce takes out a piece of paper and the paper has (laughs) Madam's address on it. And so she's like, take this piece of paper, go see Madame and try to get the deferral. And Tommy, because he's stupid, he does take the paper.
1: Madam's the one that was creeped out by them, right? Yes. OK.
0: Because Madame is the one that always took the art. So right, she's right. like, if you go see her, you're going to see the evidence yeah. that you guys are really love each other and you guys can have those three years and kathy is like it's too late like like this homeboy here already had like some donation he might die too he's like three donations (laughs) then i mean like maybe he gave a liver (laughs) yeah because i don't think they tell him what they took out i wonder no they don't no they don't tell you in the book
1: i mean maybe because it's semantic
0: and maybe because they don't I feel care. Like,
1: I, mean, I feel like they mentioned in passing like a story of somebody else who had a lung out here or whatever out there. So I think they do know to some extent. I don't think they know when it's going to be their last. No,
0: they don't. I don't think they tell them. I think the doctors might not. Well, I
1: feel like the doctors probably know because they understand like how organs work yeah, exactly. together.
0: So in the well after that happens, um, after the second donation, Ruth dies. And in the movie, I thought I d- she did three. Uh, Let's talk about
1: semantics. No, I'm kidding.
0: I don't what know mean? if she dies at the second one or the third one. But in the I saw the movie, and in the movie they take her whole liver. I'm, I'm like, of course she's gonna die after you. They guys. took her entire liver. Yeah, that's what they show in the in the movie. In the book, they don't say anything about Oregon. In the book, when she was talking to
1: that girl that was having a hard time with her donations, um, the girl said Ruth had a hard time after her second. I think, I think. Now you're making me doubt myself, but I'm not sure.
0: No, I think you're right.
1: But I think she died after her third. Yeah, because Because she's a weak-ass bitch. And by I'm not sorry. (laughs) Because you're a fictional character.
0: So Ruth dies. Everyone is happy about her. And so Kathy decides to become Tommy's caretaker. And of course, Kathy and Tommy become a couple. And they get it in. (laughs) Na, 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 na. na, na. And she talks about how easy it was between them. Well, they always got along well, so I don't know why it would be hard. And plus, like, if you are dating somebody that is going to die, like, I don't think you will be fine all the time. Maybe. Maybe you need a little drama in your and life. Maybe you didn't date me. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're dying. I don't care. We're going to talk about this. Yes. <laughs> I'm
1: playing fucking Sims. Deal with it. I don't know. And yeah, he's drip. <laughs> art. He's got an IV and he's like, baby, can you change my line?
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Kathy finds Madam address and they plan to go to see her. So Tommy goes crazy. He goes like Picasso and he starts drawing and (laughs) 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 because he's very excited. He wants to get this deferral. He doesn't want to be the one that fucks up. He's like, let me do my art so we can show them that we are really in love. I think he's more of a Van Gogh. (laughs) A little crazier. (laughs) So, okay. So in his theory, he thinks that the joints will show their souls and that they're capable of love. So they are very excited. Oh, This is the part that I was like, oh. okay. Kathy and Tommy went to see Madame, and she does still look at them like disgusted. Mm. <laughs> but she kind of like put it aside, and she was like, okay, come in. And Kathy and Tommy, they're, like, explaining to her, okay, we're here because of this and this. And then Madam is kind of, like, not interested. Or she she seems that she doesn't know what to say. So she steps out, and Miss Emily comes in, very sick, in a wheelchair. And remember, Miss Emily is the one that was in charge. Yeah. Of the, of she the school. She was
1: elderly, well, to, to these 13-year-olds, but she was elderly when... This memories first started.
0: Yeah, so, so she she's, must
1: be damn ancient right now.
0: Yeah, so she's old and sick, like myself, in a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> so Miss Emily explains to them um, what Hailsham, why Hailsham was so special, and well, because by this time they still didn't know why people kept telling them they were they were special.
1: They. They knew people would I don't know if they knew to the full extent, but they understood that Hilsham was privileged.
0: But they didn't know why they were.
1: I think. Yeah, I think the people just that they were caring for didn't really want to delve into that time of their life. But I think they got the impression that the way that these other kids were treated were not great.
0: Oh, yeah. 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 It's true. Because I think Tommy mentions that is like.
1: But like you said, they don't know why hailsham was special no not at all so this
0: is when emily miss emily is going so essentially i interrupted you for nothing Continue. yes so miss emily explains to them that they were with hailsham they wanted to show that clones were humans too that many of like other students were um, kept in really bad conditions and they were mostly seen as medical objects and that they have this movement that they were trying to prove that they deserve better and that they also had souls. And that's why they took their art. So Tommy was spot on. They were wanted to show around the world that right. these cones are human. And they displayed this around the country trying to change people's perspective. Um, but it was hard to change people perspective because half after you have this big scientific breakthrough to cure diseases people doesn't want to go back to not having a cure because you cling to not losing your kids your mom or your spouses so people just turn a blind eye like they don't want to know more it's like just hide them we don't want to know
1: mhm
0: so ignorance. so it was easier for people just to take them out there, like Finns instead of humans. Mm -hmm. Also, she explains that what made society stop giving support to a more human donation program was because of a scientist that had had an idea to create children with a superior intelligence and and athleticism. She was stopped, but it made society be fearful of being replaced by created children. And that they were lucky to have a childhood. To had a childhood or to have a childhood? To had a childhood. To have had. <laughs> to <Both>. have had. <laughs> Even if it was made of, out of lies and hiding the truth for them. Which is like very dark thing to say to somebody else.
1: That's a really complicated
0: thing. Yeah, it's like, uh, we might all traumatize you and abuse you. I'm talking you. about
1: have had. Up. Ah, Thinking about translating. Oh my
0: God. <laughs> um... So Tommy asked Miss Lucy if it, that was the reason why Mrs., not Mrs. Miss Lucy left.
1: Well maybe <laughs> she was Mrs. Lucy now. You don't know. Maybe she <laughs> found her man tall dark and handsome.
0: Um Miss Lucy thought was that the students should have known more, to be more aware of who they were, what they were, and to be g- given a full picture. Um when I was reading the book and I also watched the movie, this scene made me cry. Which one? What I just read.
1: Oh shit, really?
0: Because it's like um boom, like nothing has happened for you in your life. You're gonna just gonna <laughs> die. Like I mean... like I how Kathy, like her confusion is like, uh, why is people questioning if we have souls? Like, she was confused by that. Yeah, like,
1: that thought never occurred to her. Yes. Why would it? Well, at the same time,
0: there were always children from that reality. So it was like a shock, like, oh, why people doesn't think that we have souls?
1: Yeah, that is. I mean, like, I don't think it would make me cry. I cry. But I know it would make me cry. Also, I was reading it at work on the overnight, so I probably wasn't having too many feels. I was, like, listening to make sure nobody was choking or whatever.
0: And just like the disappointment that Tommy was feeling because he came so eager to show his freaking drawings and they don't, they're do not they not worth anything. It just made me feel so sad that they were given a hope. I,
1: that was sad. He worked so hard.
0: Yeah, it's like a lot of time that he spent. Mm-hmm. And then they were just given a hope.
1: I don't even understand what it was that made her believe that because in the beginning when... The other kids had even presented that whole deferral thing to them. I I felt like Ruth just clung on to it to seem cool in the no, but Kathy knew it wasn't true. So I don't understand what in the fuck made her
0: think that was going to be a reality. Um, so they had accepted the life until then, but now they are very disappointed. It just made me feel bad that they were hoping for something.
1: Oh, honey, no, I don't feel bad. That was the dumbest thing to hope for. Nobody proved that to you. You heard it from people that didn't even come from Hilsham. Yeah. Like, calm down, Kathy. (laughs) You're just trying to get it in for three more
0: years. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. They talk about their sex life, too. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) You do? Like, every time I'm like, oh, my gosh, she's having sex with this, like, little guy with so many scars. Okay, do you know what? going to break.
1: So I what I thought was really romantic about their sex life and Kathy talking about it was how adult it was. hmm And I know that. Well, they it had wasn't a, like her
0: first Well, time, they had a lot of sexual education. Yeah. And Hail mm Mhm. Maybe that's why they had a, a healthy and sexual the, life. Their
1: sex ed classes sounded a lot more educational than yes. perhaps my sex education classes at yes.
0: that age. Oh, but she said it why? She says because they were like just to have pleasure mm-hmm. instead of having kids. Right. So it was like a completely different way like of looking at sex presented to them as
1: something completely different than it's presented to us because i just remember everybody giggling all the way the fuck through our sex yeah yeah time. even in high school people were laughing yeah They're even now
0: people don't want to talk about sex.
1: yeah and they were talking to us about like testicular and breast cancer and let me tell you my entire class was laughing and i'm like
0: because they see sex or sex is just to have kids you should not feel any pleasure put in Hellsham, they were like, no, you're not going to have kids, so let me show you, because you need to be healthy with the people that you're going to have sex with, because they're supposed to be healthy, so mm-hmm. you're going to have a s- healthy sexual life.
1: So they probably put condoms on bananas.
0: They're like, this is like they went to Ivy League school. These people.
1: <laughs> they went to Ivy League clone school.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so Miss Emily assur- reassures them that, yes, Madam was afraid of them, but at the same time everybody is afraid of them. But they did work through those feelings and they tried to help them very hard. So Kathy, are, and, Kathy and Tommy, are, they're leaving. And Kathy remembers that time when she was like listening to the tape and Madam was crying for her. So they have a conversation about it. And Madam says to Kathy that she wasn't crying because she thought Kathy wanted to have a baby, that she was crying because... She knew how the world was becoming more scientific, efficient, more cruel, and more harsh. Um, On the drive back to the center, Tommy has like a breakdown. He gets out of the car and he screams. And in the movie, the actor was really good. He did a good job. He screamed like something hurt. I
1: don't like that actor. It was Andrew Garfield, right?
0: Yes. Mm. Yeah. They're very young there. I'll leave it. And I think it's just like, I think I can see like why he was like so, and I go back to his freaking drawings. (laughs) He
1: worked so hard for it. I think Tommy should have been somebody with more meat on his bones.
0: Who? They were skinny in that movie.
1: I, I know, but, like, Tommy was, like, supposed to be, like, buff, like, a football player or something.
0: Oh, uh, true.
1: And, like, he was supposed to be a bigger kid. Really? Yeah, not, like, huge, but he was supposed to be, like, stocky. Uh, I think. Okay. And But I'm not that person that thinks every person should exactly match the description in the book. I'm just saying I don't like Andrew Garfield. That's all I'm here for. Thank you.
0: Um. So you can tell that Tommy felt very helpless to find out that the, basically the entire truth about their life. And he tells Kathy that they should have known the truth from the beginning.
1: So, I was thinking at this point that I don't think that Ruth, Ruth, mhm. I think that Ruth is too selfish to have given them a chance like at any point while she was alive.
0: I think maybe that was her ultimate <laughs> mean thing to do to yeah, them. Yeah,
1: like at 13 she was thinking, "Hey,
0: I'm dying, so you guys are not gonna, gonna yeah. be happy either. <laughs> I'm
1: gonna steal this boy, even though I can see that they're made for from each beyond other. the grave. <laughs> and I'm just gonna make sure that they don't get to have sex. I don't feel like Ruth has any redemption
0: in this story. Well, I think we already said that she doesn't deserve a redemption. Did we? Yes, we said it. When? No, I'm just saying. Like, I don't know because she's been oh, being a bitch mean, the like, entire time, and two she's best. like, yeah. no.
1: I just, I had that in my note.
0: No, I'm just saying that. I think we're going to say that. Oh we'll, <laughs>
1: yeah. oh, well, we'll go on. We'll go on.
0: So after they go, come back from having this horrible news, I guess, uh, Tommy becomes more distant and he gets closer to the other donors um, because he thought that Kathy wouldn't be able to understand him as well. Uh, Tommy received a, no- a notice for the fourth donation. And apparently the fourth donation is a big deal in, in a way that there's no way of knowing if you're going to complete or not. Basically, like, we don't know what organ we're taking. Well, the doctors might know, but the donor doesn't know what organ they're going to take, and that will be the end.
1: Yeah, most people aren't going to make it through a fourth donation alive.
0: Yes and so what they usually they don't even talk about for donation people talk about second donation maybe a third but after that people like this that's something that you don't talk about because apparently it can be very painful I even use if you survive in. because who knows what organs they take out
1: girl isn't that when they were talking about um keeping them in a vegetative state yes but uh what's the word I'm looking for conscious yep. While they harvest their organs? Yes. Which made no sense to me. Like, why would they do that?
0: Well, because your brain is working and your heart is working. As long as your heart is working, they might keep you alive.
1: What would be the benefit of keeping you conscious? I have no idea. You're going to have to give somebody a drug anyways to paralyze them so they're not flailing around in pain. So, I don't... I don't know. See it's the point me. in making sure that they realize their. Hearts, yeah, I think they just throw, throw that. Are... I
0: they just throw that in there and they don't go any further. Like
1: a le- like a, like an urban legend. Like an urban legend yeah. between
0: donors, yes, which is horrible. Oh yeah. So, Po, I think we also said that we are morbid and we wanted more about that to read more about that, yeah. like why he didn't get into it, but he didn't.
1: I wish we could have, like walked with Tommy through the first donation.
0: Um, so, after time, I don't know how time, like I think a few weeks after they visited Madame, Tommy tells Kathy that he wants to change her caretakers. He doesn't want her to see him at the end. Um, so, Kathy finds another caretaker for Tommy. They say their goodbyes like very casually. She's just like, bye. They hug each other. And eventually, Tommy completes. So, he dies after the fourth donation. And when she finds out, in the movie, this was different. In the book, he just dies. She just says, "Oh, he died." <laughs> and then in the movie, actually, she is in the surgery when he's going for the fourth donation, and she watches it. Why? Because she's the caretaker. Well, no, she's not anymore. Then why is
1: she there? The whole point was I thought he didn't want her to be.
0: Well, she's there. <sighs> In the movie they which don't which
1: actress is Kathy.
0: Kathy, I don't know her name. Kira Knightley or Kerry Knightley is Ruth. The other girl, I don't remember really? her name. Yes, I always thought that she was Kathy for some reason. Uh so eventually Tommy completes and Kathy, after finding out that Tommy dies, Kathy goes to Norfolk. Uh this is the place where everything that is lost is found. And she is that's just. where they
1: found the tape together.
0: Yes. So I think that's why she goes back, back there. Kiss. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then. they
1: almost legal kiss. <laughs> yeah.
0: So she goes there and she just stands there and she's imagining finding Tommy. The end.
1: Yeah, that didn't get me as much as it did the first time.
0: Didn't get you what?
1: Like tear yet?
0: Oh, when I read the book, I did.
1: Like, when I read the book the first time, of course I cried. But I don't know what it was about this time.
0: I think because I was Because you just already went through the emotion. You already knew what was happening. That was definitely not it,
1: because I can read, like, Harry Potter over and over again. I'm still going to cry.
0: Okay, no.
1: And I can watch any movie over and over again, and I'll still cry at the same point.
0: I cry at the end with the book. And then I cry when I watched the movie. I think I was just really busy while
1: I was reading this <sighs> book this time around. So just like rushing.
0: No, I think I took my time and stuff reading. But yeah, it made me like, like I hurt my chest when I was like, when I was done and then I watched the movie.
1: Do you know what I think it was? Mm-hmm. While I was reading, I was focusing a lot on different things that I wanted to like think more into for the podcast and. I just was so full of annoyance and rage towards Ruth okay. that I just yes. was numb to any other feeling yeah. throughout the book. I just couldn't really appreciate Kathy and Tommy's romance for what it was,
0: uh-huh.
1: outside of the sex, for having all of this negative emotions towards Ruth.
0: True. Yes. Yeah, I. I that happened to me at the beginning. Like, I, I was, like, so annoyed. I'm mm-hmm. like, God, oh, like... It just, like, the more I read and the more I have to read about Ruth, I'm like, ah, oh, this is so annoying. Like, move on. <laughs> this is toxic.
1: Yeah. I was wondering how they even stayed friends. All right. So I just wanted to speak about how that one part in the book in particular really reminded me of all the controversy surrounding social media. So when she was talking about Madam having that reaction to them and likening it to seeing your true self in a mirror one day. It kind of reminded me of, like... You said posting a picture on social media and if not enough people like it, you want to take it down because other people's perception of you really affects the way that you see yourself.
0: Exactly. Like so- when you have the likes and the comments, and it's like you are expecting people to comment and like is you think like some people just randomly like your picture, but right. you take it like by heart, like all these people liked my picture how I look in that picture. A
1: lot of people didn't even really take the time to appreciate your picture before they hit like and moved on or double tapped it or however you do it. So also, I mean, there are pictures of me that I love. And I know if I had posted on social media, people (laughs) would be like, that's an okay picture of you, Brandy. Uh But I don't like that about it. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, I know and what you mean. I think that is a really good way to explain how Kathy felt in that moment. She was thinking, This picture of me is the bomb dot com. <laughs> you know, Madame wasn't feeling it. She's got I almost said three thousand, but that ain't shit anymore. She's got like three million followers. Yeah. And, you know, if she doesn't like it,
0: I guess it's really shitty. Yes. It's like you completely forget your own uh self actually, your opinion of yourself mm. it completely changed just because one person it can be you can have like 10 comments which is like apparently not a lot but like if you have 10 comments saying that you look pretty whatever oh i like the background but there must be one person and that just destroys everything mm-hmm. like not me like i do post pictures because i'm cute but then i don't even check who comments who likes it like at all like if i comment you
1: decided it was cute
0: yes if it goes in my instagram story i'm like i don't even care who looks at it It,
1: this reminds me also of the days when myspace only let you post um let's say eight photos i remember
0: i didn't have myspace it
1: was okay no i
0: didn't have myspace
1: yeah okay what year
0: is that i don't
1: know i forget like early 2000s
0: Oh, wow. Okay, no. I Perhaps? wasn't into it at all.
1: I suppose. I don't know. Um, So, well, because you know, MySpace in the beginning was... Am I thinking of MySpace?
0: Oh, Tumblr. No, I never had a Tumblr. Me <laughs> either, yeah.
1: No, okay, I'm thinking of MySpace. MySpace was... Yeah, MySpace was the... Like, 2000s. I think I was in high school. Still? I don't recall. Mm-hmm. Anywho. Um, I was working at Shaw's. 2006-ish. Oh, okay. Circa 2006. Who knows? I don't know. So, they limited the amount of pictures that you could post. So, you had to really curate your photography on MySpace. okay. In the beginning, you had something like maybe eight pictures that you could post. So, they had to be your top eight. Oh, that reminds me. There was a top two. So, you could rate your friends. You could rank your friends. Because when you go on your MySpace page... There was a little section where you could put your top friends and you could choose how many of your friends you wanted to showcase as your top friends. That is
0: so much work.
1: Do you, like, how toxic is that? Because I remember as a joke one time, I reorganized the whole thing and I put these random ass Joe Schmoes I didn't give a fuck about. But Amanda, like my roommate Amanda, she was so hurt because she was living in Florida and she was like, why the fuck did Brandy take me off of her top? And she wasn't like, bitch, I hate you, but she was like, I'm concerned.
0: <laughs> that is, Did so... I do
1: something? Why are you mad at me? Wow. No, this is Tom. This is MySpace Tom as my number one. Obviously, it's not about you. That's
0: crazy. But
1: yeah, like it really dictated friendships. Like it made a difference. Oh. And that's what I'm saying. Social media is shown so vividly through this description this likening of you walk by a mirror every day and you know you're chilling you like what you see it's all familiar and then you you post a picture and it's different what the fuck
0: it's because now you are seeing yourself from other people's perspective Mm -hmm. not yours anymore oh that maybe that's why young people are like Like what the fuck fuck is self-confidence anymore yes yeah that's true
1: Like true self confidence, not confidence because other people told you you're
0: cute. Like, I'll post my picture. I'm like, oh, my hair is cute. So I'm just going to post my picture.
1: I know a girl that was like, let's get married today because my hair looks good. (laughs) That's self confidence. (laughs) Yes. Another thing I wanted to touch on was the art. So I did a lot of reading about art when I was doing my assignments for school in the last couple years and no i'm not an art major i <laughs> fucking hated these classes but anyways um art is really important in this novel and it really made me wonder how big of a role like art played in their lives in general because as you know being from their perspective you only know how important hilsham art is you don't know how important art is on a societal level so I watched this video for one of my classes, and it was called Madness, and it was about mental illness, and it reminded me of how art has been really influential, like, completely throughout history. Think of symbolism, like, stuff you read on cave walls, et cetera. It tells you all about people's lives back in the day, and in this video, they talked about how art used to be used as a tool for medical professionals. Mm-hmm. They would draw pictures. Of can you fix your face?
0: No, I'm like concentrating on what you're saying. Your face? Oh yeah, I'm like really like, b- not paying attention to what you're saying. <laughs> oh my <God>. I'm like <laughs> something I hope that's
1: not what I look like when
0: I'm watching it. <laughs> oh my god, I looked that bad. <laughs> anyway
1: Okay. Alright, so they used to draw these pictures of and this is quote unquote idiot women because that is the actual term for it but yeah. they used to make these books that physicians would study from and the pictures of these women who were in an altered mental state they would show you the state of the patients
0: so they were they were meant as a tool like a diagnosis tool
1: yes a diagnosis tool yes okay thank you okay for so they straight
0: <laughs> Yeah. So they were like, "This is a person with how with a schizophrenia looks like. This exactly. is like or this is like
1: this bitch is about
0: to pop off. This, this is, is how what her looks. face
1: would look like. These are how her eyebrows are drawn in. Like it was just whole year, like pages of papers. I don't know, girl. I told you the gold rush was in nineteen hundred <laughs> something last time. So let's not ask. Brandy I don't think. What the I don't think is. it will
0: be that long ago." Because I know mean, it was like eighteen,
1: nineteen, something, eighteen, something like Bedlam time. Like it was right on oh, the okay. time of like when they were doing these experiments for mental patients in the Bethlehem Hospital that became known as Bedlam. That was about the time. That is insane. But of course, I think that actually started really early, like 1500s or something. So wow. So maybe I'm off, but I don't know. It's. <laughs> Uh, not <laughs> too long
0: ago but yeah I know you were I thought you were talking more I, I think more, indoor okay. plumbing existed like if you tell me that they were doing this during the 50s I believe you maybe they were because it sounded like how something that they were doing in the 50s like during mental because the mental health feel it was so backwards
1: oh yeah so if
0: you tell me that they were doing this in the 50s I'll i completely believe
1: these documentaries because this was a documentary that was really cool
0: no, this I believe that they like, did
1: electroshock therapy in
0: one part of yeah. the documentary. Well, they still do electroshock, but it was very, very. They go through
1: the whole history of it, but they focus on how, um, how crazy it was. No, yeah, compared to now. Oh
0: yeah, like the history of it. Right now, it's very like specific, and I think mm-hmm. it does work. Yeah, but they did, it's they
1: did focus on that too. They didn't shame electroshock therapy, yeah. mm-hmm. but they did explain how it was misunderstood in the beginning Mm and how they worked on it.
0: Yeah, even like like in people with mental health, I say that it's a stigma that they have. So I can imagine in the 1800s, they were not seen, even as humans, I will say, they were not treated as human at Mm -hmm. all. So there's also a link there. Some of the designs for tools that they used to
1: help these mentally handicapped people look like torture
0: tools they were designed from torture tools. yeah it's like in the documentary like they had this notion that you don't even touch people with mental health it's crazy it's like like so these people in hellsham they were treated like mental health patients
1: essentially yeah because okay so i thought of that
0: and they were like for example they were also kept away and there's like all these psych hospitals they're like in the woods like they're even hospitals that they created their own city so you don't get out mm-hmm. of the hospital city into society because people doesn't want to look at you
1: mm-hmm. yeah you've got your own grocery store yeah so yeah so i was just trying to highlight that like art has played like a distinct role and it isn't just for creativity and flowers and hippie shit like it was used as a tool like somebody scientific tool yeah Yeah. somebody sat down and drew these really like they're very intricate drawings of women but they were used as a medical tool like in a textbook it's insane so i kind of took that as a like an indicator so i thought the hailsham kids were doing art Not to show that they had a soul, but to show if they were ready to join society. I thought that these kids were being bred as like fluff for society because I thought there was some kind of population crisis. Like we were in some dystopian novel and that the, the... world was gonna die because we didn't have enough people and they were trying to perfect these clones to introduce them to society just to repopulate society Mm -hmm. oh okay that makes sense but then you know my dreams were crushed when I found out they were (laughs) barren but um, (laughs) I like that that is what really made me question all of that about art was that I thought that these that I thought that the art was very much an objective measure of whether or not they were progressed enough like their brain was developed enough they had the wherewithal to create a picture that had the elements to show that they were ready to join society yeah i didn't think it had any that was, uh, a very yeah.
0: cognitive cognitive way of thinking <laughs> like i would not think yeah. of that at all
1: That's where my brain went. I was like, science, science, science. I cried every day that I had to do schoolwork for. What is that fucking terrible class that I had to take?
0: I don't know yet. Oh, God. Humanities.
1: Oh, my goodness. It was like, tell me what this ball of yarn (laughs) says about the creators. And I just was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I also thought about art therapy because that was something that I read a lot about that I actually did enjoy for humanities class because it reminded me a lot of like my other job where we work together because art has been used as a type of therapy yes like to calm people down but also as a way to express themselves and in thinking about tommy because he had so much trouble expressing himself like when people are having trouble with words or if they can't use words or if they can't use body language in a typical way that somebody would use, they cannot communicate normally. I don't like to say the word normal, but so they could use art as an outlet to express themselves or to even work through a tough time. You know, like what art is used for that is a therapeutic thing in and of itself. And I think that that's what Tommy was doing with these little animals. And I think it really shows at the end when he starts them up again when he's hears about his fourth donation mm-hmm. and when he keeps it to himself, even though he knows Ruth knows he's doing it because it's for him. It's therapeutic. It's, it's for art. him
0: now. It doesn't have a purpose now. Right. For so, other people. I
1: feel like art was very well-rounded in this novel. I feel like it had a lot of rules to play in you know, speaking to society, speaking to what the like Madame and Miss Emily were trying to do to speak to what was even grounding these kids that's what they found important like what was important was their art it drove their entire culture at Hilsham
0: yes drop the mic (laughs) (laughs) Um, so my research wasn't too in the humanity side of it (laughs) Uh, I'm grateful for that (laughs) I I think I tried to get into the social media but I completely forgot so I was like I want to know more about clones no I'm lying. So the idea was that I I was supposed to look into cloning ethics, genetic ethics, all of that. It didn't happen. I read like four articles, like study. And then I I found one that was very nice. The abstract was like, yeah, this is the answer of my research. And then I click on it and it was Russian. So I couldn't read it. So I looked into cloning, and so I'm going to start by the origin of cloning. Cloning comes from the Greek word twig, which makes sense. It's a branch that comes out of a tree. Um, There's three types of cloning, genes, reproductive, and therapeutic. I think the therapeutic is like mostly people are very... um, Aware of is, is stem cells. People use stem cells like oh, yeah. people That's are like public. it is. People that play sports they use them a lot right, right. because it's basically stem cells that they become another cells. Whatever you put them, if you put them in the knee, it will be a knee cell. And they have the genes. Cloning is when they take DNA fragments of a cell into another cell. The the, the way the the process of cloning is a very intricate. It was very interesting. I read the whole thing. And I found out that even though you're in your cloning, you don't get a 100% a copy of the original. Because the cell mutates in the process. So that made me think about the novel is when Ruth tries to find her possible, she's never going to find it because you are not the same as your original.
1: That blew my mind because that's how always how it's portrayed.
0: Yeah, I always thought that cloning was 100%, that.
1: But you know, they always want to like really light on thick. They want it to look identical. So even in the shows, telling you to watch, they all look identical. But some of them can have twin. Some of them have. Some of them can have kids, and some cannot. Okay. But they all look the same.
0: I think once you get into like the technicality of cloning, you are like, oh, this is not as bad as what they're doing right now. Yeah, I think the problem is like people don't want like a full grown person (laughs) because what are you going to do with that person? Where are you going to put it? I remember
1: what I was thinking about earlier when we were talking to Amanda that reminded me of this was some book I read a long time ago about um, AI, like they built Artificial intelligence and they gave them bodies that were so lifelike and they became the perfect employees. You wanted to have them on your staff because you know they never took sick days, etc. etcetera. Et cetera. But then they became so intelligent they started to lobby for their own rights and they basically took over the world. Bitch. This reminded me of that.
0: So yeah, like
1: that's what people are scared of essentially.
0: Yeah, that's what people are scared of. Like you are creating another human um, it, it, an identity. because
1: people are very like you know a man and a woman they get together they really like each other so they call up the stork and the factory fucking produces them a baby and then mm-hmm. it gets dropped in their lap and that's how you're supposed to have kids
0: yeah not in a petri dish well they do it now and people accept it i know so i think i think that the the theme that I'm... well some people accept it yeah i'm not one of the people that don't accept it don't um, so i think the problem is like it's more a societal thing yeah Like, what are you going to do with these people that are clones are there why are there even clones are you gonna let them have a life or are you gonna use angels for organs what is the purpose of creating clones
1: like who is responsible
0: for this clone exactly
1: because you can't like like are clones like grown from childhood oh yeah duh duh brandy we just read a whole book about it okay
0: Um, So, um, in the article that I read, they were saying that the side, not the side effect, (laughs) (laughs) the adverse effects would be that there is a genetical problem. The article proposed that there's going to be a decrease in genetic diversity. And it's true because it's not happening uh, naturally. Mm -hmm. You are playing with it you are basically choosing what characteristic so it's like
1: whatever is trending yes like not not just names will become popular but like you'll have 15 arias in one class but they'll all have blue eyes and dark hair
0: yeah like people pick the characteristic of the person yeah Um, distinction My in the future so things. I don't know like when I read extinction in the future I was like um uh, I don't know extension extinction
1: oh yeah, that was part of the novel I read about the AIs. Like the end of the novel was extinction of the human race because the AIs took over. Like that is that is a concern, girl. You should really read a science fiction novel, girl,
0: We should no. read a science fiction novel. Um, the also the immersion of diseases because of this I would say at the beginning the cell will mutate and the mm-hmm. organism the organism will carry similar conditions to the original. Mm-hmm. So if you take something that doesn't work or whatever mm-hmm. Is going to carry on to the healthy one. Um, so next, I looked into cloning in religion. Um, so in Islam, it's sinful and it's only accepted in animals and plants. In Hinduism, science should not sacrifice or degrade human values for ethical, will degrade human values, moral, ethic, or spiritual. So that means no, they don't believe in cloning. that (laughs) was the the summary Uh, Buddhism they don't forbid it they believe that everything happens for a reason that humans with souls are part of the reincarnation process Uh, Christianity of course they do forbid it um, because they make reference to the Genesis where God created mankind on his own image
1: here we are with Genesis again (laughs) holler Adam and Eve or Adam and
0: Evil (laughs) Uh, a few countries that I found in the research that they um, prohibit reproductive cloning is Germany. The reproductive cloning is in the animals. That's when they take a body cell and they put it into like an egg and they will create like a, a cow. So they don't accept that in That's, Germany. Like
1: do we do that here?
0: In the United States? Yeah, I don't know.
1: Like, do we have a need to clone cows?
0: I think they do. They clone animals because they can do it to humans. They,
1: Oh, like experimentally? Yes. Okay.
0: A lot of the places that they don't accept cloning, they do accept research.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm. So the UNESCO states that there is ethical issues, technical issues with the process of how the cloning is made. There's medical safety issues. For sure. Um, and they said there will be as a society, it will kind of disturb the concept of a family. Yeah. Um. It will cause confusion of personality and psychological development. Yes. Really?
1: Personality? For the clone, you mean?
0: Confusion in personality.
1: Because, I mean, a clone, as I understand it, is born from infancy. No? I have
0: no idea because I have no idea of how it is to be a clone.
1: I mean, well, I only have, like, the way it's portrayed in science fiction. Yeah.
0: No, I know. I, I can't see it. But I can see why it will be confusing.
1: I mean, yeah, okay, you also see clones, like, grown as a full-ass adult, too. But yeah. I always looked at cloning as, like, an individual that would grow up with some type of guardian or in some co- like these kids did, like at Hilsham or okay. wherever the fuck else. So mm-hmm. I think they would have an, a chance to create a personality for themselves. True.
0: But not everyone, like as humans, they're not the same clones, why would the they be the But I guess they did
1: struggle with it later, and like here we are at the topic of the novel, so.
0: Yeah. So after reading all the issues that wouldn't been involved in creating clone, human yeah. clones. I completely understand why in the book the clones are kept away from society. It's easier. It's just easy. Let's not deal with it.
1: Well, are the other clones kept away from society?
0: Yes, because they talk about it in the book. Yeah, they do. So then after...
1: Yeah, society doesn't want to see what they're doing to these
0: humans. Yes. So after that, I fell into living donations. (laughs) i couldn't stop myself i needed to read another article so in 2003 in the united states 27 percent of the donations were made from a living donor um i think the biggest um donation living donation they're from kidney they're for kidney lungs and livers they're like the higher did they have the higher demand right Uh, there's also skin tissues in both. I think people are more used to those because maybe because we don't see them like big organs. The skin is the largest organ on your body. Yeah. But I don't think people see a skin as organ as an organ, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not inside. Well, skin is an
1: organ. Isn't that the integumentary system? No. Yes, it is.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Girl,
1: I'm so smart.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then I also found out that I always, well, I always thought that that the donations are made in the hospitals because that's where people die. But then I thought that all the transplants were made in hospitals, but there's like transplant centers or just transplant hospitals, and they are not well regulated. They have their own standards, and there's no like a specific or... Registry or international registry for liver transplant. That is the most unregulated donation. Really? Yes, the liver.
1: Huh? Is it because you can donate a piece of your liver?
0: I think so. Is it not it not the whole? Is not the whole thing that they have to take out? I don't think so. I mean, um, that will be another <laughs> article uh, yeah, I that know. I had to read. So I I needed to stop myself in some of this because there's a lot to look into.
1: I'm not that far in.
0: Um, so I read about the, um, different cultures and I fell into the Japanese culture doesn't support the use of organs from deceased person. So they only source has been the living donations before 1997, they were this, they had this strictest law about cloning, not about cloning, sorry, about donations. You can only receive donations from family members and only when your heart stopped but then after 1997 they changed that and you can have donations when you or give or uh, give donations when you're brain dead but by this time society had already accepted that you only get donations from people that only the heart. So it was like a big change. So they needed to get used to it. And so now there's younger people that sign um, donation forms and they want to give them away. But the ratio of what is needed and what is given, it doesn't balance it out because some people, there will be a possible donation, but then people don't want to accept it. There's, oh, there's a, a lot of society beliefs and stuff that is stop donations. Um, Japan transplant techniques are very advanced, but the system has uh, a lot of structural issues. And just to give an example, I kept reading. Of course, I needed to know why they meant by it. So there is uh, they give reference to a very known surgeon. He received awards and stuff. And I don't remember the name um (laughs) the surgeon yes (laughs) that's okay um so they give a a, like a little example of the many uh, social issues that they have because they have the surgeon having given a surgery and this one surgeon does everything from beginning to end he has his patient that he has the recipient he has to find the donor He coordinates the surgery, he does the surgery, and then after the surgery, he's there too. So he's there from beginning to end. This is one person. There's no social workers. There's nothing. Whoa, that's so un-American. Yes, in in Japan, they they (laughs) said that they had a ridiculous amount of hospitals that they are able to give transplants, but they don't have the other side of it the instructional like the people that they need after before like all the coordination they don't Mm -hmm. have that so they are losing a lot of donations possible donations so in the documentary he is having the surgery and he gets a phone call and he's like i can't stop this transplant and take that phone call so that's one donation that is gone
1: that's so sad
0: yeah so they're very advanced, but they
1: don't have... Uh, guy, I'm sorry to interrupt, but this guy, is he trained to transplant multiple different, yes. different organs? Yes, yeah. Are, are surgeons usually
0: trained? In- yeah, there's yeah. general surgery, and you do big organs.
1: That's insane.
0: Mm-hmm. I learned that in Grace Anatomy. Thank you. <laughs>
1: oh, my goodness. I thought you were going to say, didn't you go to school to be like a surgical <laughs> tech or something <laughs> yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. So I was thinking it was from that. And you're like,
0: no, Grey's Anatomy. Because, of course, like I'm watching Grey's Anatomy and like, wait, what is that? So I needed to Google it. So I read and stopped watching. Oh, I wonder how
1: many articles
0: you went through that time. Exactly.
1: All right. So let's talk about this Nobel Prize win that Kazuo... ishiguro Mm -hmm. won he won the 2017 nobel prize for literature um for all of his literature work not just this book but when he did win the prize there was all this controversy around his representation Mm -hmm. of his japanese culture in his novels There was this backlash saying that he didn't represent his culture enough. He wrote too much about white people. He was catering to the white industry, blah, blah, blah. And he came back and was saying, you know, it isn't that you have to write about white, I mean, Japanese people. To tell a story about the struggle of minorities in general. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't usually specify the race of his characters in his novels. For instance, this entire novel, he didn't say that these people were white that we were talking about. In fact, he did bring to light through Ruth when she thought she had see- was going to see her possible, but then didn't end up seeing her possible. She says we're from the junkies, we're from, you know, the people living in the gutter, blah, 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 however she put it. And if you think about it, in 1990s England, I don't think the people considered junkies were predominantly white people. Yeah. So it's entirely possible that the people we're discussing are not white. In the film, they chose to portray them as white actors. Maybe that was a casting decision because they really like the actors because all three of the main characters turn out to be great actors. I mean, I personally don't like Andrew Garfield, but that has nothing to do with his acting. He can act. Yes. So, Mm -hmm. I get why those three actors and actresses would be cast. But, it does like, it did kind of bring this whole weird-ass controversy about his novels to light.
0: Yes, when I was looking at the beginning, uh, before I read the book, I also read about the author and then I read that, that and he said after he, when he won, he won the Nobel Prize, he says that he was brought up in England and put all of his influence in, line, in, in yeah. life are Japanese. He was raised Japanese. He he so felt he felt very Japanese. He thinks uh, like Japanese. And I'm like, okay, but when you read the book, I can see the Japanese culture mm-hmm. like a lot. Like it made sense i I kept that in my mind when I was reading, and it makes total sense, like it's mm-hmm. there, so I don't know why people are like saying that,
1: yeah, because they want him to expressly state, well, this Japanese woman named insert Japanese name here was living through these perils and
0: blah 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 blah. he doesn't write Japanese literature.
1: his first novel was about a Japanese woman,
0: yes, I saw I saw.
1: But, I mean, I don't think that means that every single novel he writes needs to be about the plight of the Japanese.
0: Yeah. No. I I can see the influence.
1: Yeah. I think that he very elegantly gives you his view on things. I mean, think about his writing in general. His writing is fucking beautiful. It is. Yeah. And it's very direct and indirect at the same time like Mm -hmm. he's giving you all of the information you need he's giving the specific memories of Ruth I mean Kathy's that he needs to give you to paint this story but at the same time he's doing it in the most roundabout and elegant way possible that feels really Japanese to me
0: yes because like where (laughs) we were reading we were making notes we have those like there's a lot of clone like cloning holes and then when I read the research and when I was done I'm like This guy read a lot of cloning because the way that he did a novel makes total sense. Mm -hmm. Like the stuff stuff that he doesn't talk about, it makes sense why he doesn't talk about. Because there's no need. It doesn't work even now. So the way it's written, it's like he knew what he was talking about.
1: Exactly. And you have to appreciate an author who does that kind of research.
0: It was like you were also reading the story, but you also had the cloning in the background. And yeah, he's more about nuance than just like straight up bold facts. You didn't need to know all those details about clonation. 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 (laughs) Whoa. Cloning. We're almost done. We're tired. (laughs) Clonation. Oh, God.
1: So, what I, well, what we want to do is we just want to leave you with this quote that we read in an article because we think it really sums up what to ruminate on after reading this book. So, this quote is from electricliterature.com, I think. I'm not sure. It will be listed. But the quote is that the novel, it forces us to reevaluate the comparison between the life of the human and non human but even this classification remains in constant flux. Identity, it seems, is never stable, a belief that's rooted in the core. Boom. So now, let's move on to some fun stuff. I came up with the question this week of which character would you be, and I think it was a fun one for this novel, even though it's an obvious one, because I don't really love any of these characters, so... No matter what, I'm going to feel pretty dirty after I answer this question. So let's let Gabrielle answer first. I
0: picked Miss Emily. Whoa, okay, <laughs> girl, <laughs> drop it. Because I don't think I can hold. Like, first of all, there's no, there's no retaliation if you tell them the truth. And I you. I thought she was a dick. Oh, no, not Miss Emily, Miss Lucy. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That makes I'm more like, sense. who whoa, whoa, whoa. I kept, like, no, I think it's Miss Lucy.
1: Yeah, Miss Lucy is the teacher that was torn.
0: Yes. Yeah. Like, I don't think I can be working and going every day to lie to people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I'm uh, too empathetic of a person to be like, um, let's talk about your future when I completely know that you guys are going to die when you're 30. Yo. I will be like. That's a good choice.
1: I'm impressed. Why? I mean it makes sense for you, but honestly, Miss Lucy didn't even cross my mind. Because she that can say it. A Gabriella answer, wow. <laughs> this
0: is crazy. Yeah, and I just thought about it. Oh god, you're such a nice person. <laughs> Who do you pick?
1: I picked fucking roof. <laughs>
2: Because I'm
1: such a bitch. If I'm miserable, (laughs)
0: everybody's gonna be miserable. And like, I'm not going to accept this
1: eventuality. I'm gonna just act over the fuck I wanna act and fuck whoever I wanna fuck and keep them from whoever I wanna keep them from. Because I'm gonna fucking die before I'm 30
0: or by the time I'm 30. Yeah. So So I completely get why. You will be (laughs) rude. Wow. Okay. You can tell, like, I'm not selfish at oh. <laughs> i'm very selfish thank you <laughs> oh that was nice that was funny wow <laughs> okay that was a lot more fun than i thought it would be <laughs> okay uh you want to rate your hangover yes let's but rate. like i think you should rate your hangover for the first time because you didn't give a fuck the first the second time so it should be f- your oh yeah i'm gonna give you my og hangover
1: i'm not going to give you my through the lens of doing the podcast and the order for my job so (laughs) so my hangover rating is going to be three stars which is classified as i enjoyed it so much i spent days telling people about it as in the book because i think i did i did try to get people to read it i Definitely thought about it a couple of days after. I wasn't losing any sleep, but I like it resonated with me.
0: Um, I'll give it a three because it took me like two days, and I still felt bad. Like it was so like bad for me when I was writing. I was doing the notes like each chapter, and then when I got to the last two chapters, I stopped taking notes when, because I was like, if I write, I'm gonna cry again. And then I watch the movie and I cry. And I'm like, it took me like another day or two to like go back to my notes.
1: Well, if you're not too hungover from
0: our fantastic summary of Never Let Me Go, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Boot Gossip Podcast and on Twitter at underscore Boot Gossip.
1: Also, if you really loved us, you can rate us five stars on whatever app you're using that allows you to rate leave comments but not mean ones nice ones yeah we're gentle souls thank you for listening and if you read a good book tell us about it talk to you soon